and welcome to episode 10 of The Amp, the final episode from season one of the podcast from Ampere Analysis, bringing you the latest business insights, talking points and research from industry experts in the global media landscape. In this episode, Research Director Guy Bisson is joined by Olivia Dean and Daniel Harrogy. Olivia first draws on Ampere's latest commissionings and renewal data, discussing what impact COVID-19 has had on the rate of renewal of TV shows. Daniel then talks about the much-anticipated return of UK Premier League soccer and the ways in which the temporary shutdown of sports could end up benefiting both fans and rights holders in the long run. You can listen to all previous episodes of Season 1 of The Amp on Acast or find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. To keep up to date with the latest industry analysis, stay ahead of the curve with the AMP podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the AMP podcast. We've got two exciting topics for you this week. I'm going to be speaking to Olivia from our commissioning team, who's been looking at renewals of TV series and what impact COVID-19 has had on the rate of renewal. And then I'm going to be talking to Daniel Haragi from our markets team about the resumption of top flight Premier League soccer in the UK and some changes around access to that content on free-to-air TV. Let's start with you, Olivia. You've been looking specifically at show renewals, I think, in the US and UK, and further, what the impact of COVID-19 has been on those renewals. Can you tell us how you went about that research? Yeah, so I've been informally tracking renewals and cancellations for over two years now in those two markets. Um, We decided it was time to formally include the data in our commissioning analytics service. So I needed to expand the data set. So I made a sort of master list, which was all the shows which have aired new episodes between 2018 and now. And then I logged all of the renewals and cancellations for that list over the past two years. So having really good coverage in both markets has made it easy for me to compare the first three months of 2019 with the first three months of 2020. It gives me an idea of the impact of COVID-19, not only on the rate of commissioning, but also the rate of renewal. Okay, and of course, what everyone wants to know, has there been an impact on renewal rates? Yeah, so um, looking at February, March and April in 2020, the renewal rates were not only significantly lower than the previous year, but they've also been showing a decline across each month, where in 2019, they were actually increasing each month. But the good news is that although the number of shows renewed in May was lower than the previous year by 35 titles, we are finally seeing an increase. So between April and May this year, we finally saw an increase in the number of shows that were being renewed. And have you picked up any differences in different genres of show? We have in commissioning. So in terms of renewals, it's sort of the same across the board. But in terms of new commissions, we have seen an increase in unscripted commissions, and that's because of the nature of the shows themselves. So unscripted shows are easier to make at home. They're easier to make using things like Zoom. So we have seen an increase in commissions of those kind of shows. And of course, the the fundamental question is, is the longer term impact of this? Um, You say there has been an impact on renewal rates, but what does that mean for TV schedules going out maybe six months, 12 months into the future? 
Yeah, so this sort of links into what I just said about the different kind of commissioning that we're seeing. So obviously we're seeing a lot of disruption in the current TV schedule because traditional production has ground to a halt. So the traditional shows that would normally be scheduled, it's not possible to make them at the moment. So we've actually seen an increase in the number of first run series ordered in 2020 compared with 2019. And this is because uh, commissioners and production companies are diverting their efforts and their funds into different kind of shows. So they're adapting to work with the current constraints. So, for example, ABC's Disney Family Singalong has been commissioned to plug the gaps that have been caused by the standstill in production. Uh, And I think that we will continue to see this over the next 12 months. Even as production starts up in some regions, there is going to be a backlog. And this new kind of commissioning that is even possible to produce now will continue to be there. So viewers are going to see a change in the type of shows that are appearing on on their TV screens in the next six to 12 months. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And I think one of the other things that you've highlighted in your analysis is the lack of a pilot season um, this year. What's that going to mean for schedules also in the coming months? So I've seen a few things. There's actually been an increase in the proportion of titles which are still in early development. So that shows that have just been ordered for a pilot episode or just a script order. And this is showing us that commissioners are waiting. They're waiting to assess the lay of the land before they actually order something to a full series. And we can see that as well in the fact that we haven't just seen a drop in commissioning and renewal rates. We've also seen a drop in the number of cancellations. So commissioners are actually making less decisions. They're making fewer decisions, Uh, you know, they're kind of keeping their powder dry as they try to decide whether they're going to renew their older content, which is tried and tested, but might also be stale, it might be performing averagely, or whether they decide to commit to new series which haven't been able to go through the normal stages of early development. And that's because we haven't been able to have a pilot season. In terms of what that means for the coming months, although these titles present a higher degree of risk because they haven't been able to be tried and tested... If commissioners do decide to take a gamble and it works and they have a hit show, the money that they've saved by not having a pilot episode won't just affect the commissioning model over the next few months. I think it might have an impact on the nature of pilot season itself for the foreseeable future. Fascinating. So in summary, viewers are going to see what sounds like a fairly significant change in the coming six to 12 months in terms of what they're seeing on their screens but it's also down to commissioners and whether they are willing to take a gamble on new shows and what impact that will have longer term on the way the business fundamentally works. Daniel, you've been looking at the Premier League, of course. That's the top flight soccer in the UK. Along with a number of the big European soccer leagues, it is resuming its season shortly. June the 17th is the date that's been set. But for the first time in the league's entire history, there will be some games shown free to air on the BBC. Indeed, I believe a total of 33 of the remaining 92 season matches will be free to air off the pay TV platforms that is their traditional home. What impact do you think that's going to have on the future of fan engagement, which is so important for sports leagues in this evolving media age? Yeah, so I think it's going to have quite a big impact. As you said, to put it into context, the Premier League was established in 1992 and since then there have been no free-to-air broadcasters. And now when the the league returns on the 17th, 
of this month. We're going to have four games on the BBC. Sky are going to be showing 25 games free to air. And Amazon today announced that the four games that they're due to be broadcasting are going to be broadcast free to air as well. So that's over a third of the remaining games that are going to be broadcast on free to air TV. And with the league having been behind a paywall for such a long time, there's now going to be a whole new segment of Premier League fans who haven't been able to, to watch Premier League fixtures in their own homes before. And given the current situation and with the restrictions to everyday life in the UK at the moment, it's possible that we might see record viewing figures for now and obviously increased engagement that comes with that from the fans. I suppose one thing that is going to be a slight issue is whether the broadcasters and the Premier League are going to be able to support that in the long term. So the UK, in a way, is going to be an experiment for something that sports leagues have been trying to address for some time, and that is the falling fan engagement, particularly among younger demographics. I think one of the things you looked at was the reach of audience on different platforms and different platform combinations. How many new fans are we talking about reaching by these games being on free TV? So looking at our consumer data from our consumer service, the number of Premier League fans that have access to the BT Sport and Sky Sports premium channels that normally would be showing games is around 56%, so just over half, which means that engagement could nearly double when games go free to air. And to put it in context, the, the most watched game of this season currently is Liverpool versus Man City in November, which had just over 3.3 million viewers. So we're looking at perhaps reaching almost 7 million viewers when games go free to air. And we're specifically looking at sports fans here, and this is a key metric, so reaching a significantly enlarged base of sports fans who wouldn't otherwise have access to these games. For the rights holders, Sky and BT in the UK, but also Amazon, is this a benefit? Is this a plus? Are they going to gain from it? I think this is a big plus, yeah, especially for, for someone like Sky. So Sky being able to show games free to air means they now have an opportunity to, to showcase their match day broadcasts to new potential customers. BT also are going to be offering a subscription for half the price usually, so this may attract new customers as well to them. And this is just a big opportunity for all these broadcasters to attract new fans that may become long-term subscribers. And especially at the moment, one of the big factors is that matches are going to be played behind closed doors for the foreseeable future. And on top of that, at the moment in the UK, public areas such as bars and pubs that would normally show fixtures are currently closed. And therefore, live TV broadcasts are becoming increasingly attractive. I suppose one challenge that they might have at the moment is the fact that these restrictions mean that the broadcast teams may have to carry out remote commentary and pundits may have to work remotely as well. And therefore, the challenge will be whether they are going to be able to make these broadcasts more engaging and attractive for fans in the long run. Well, who would have thought that a crisis that has resulted in the shutdown of sports globally could actually end up being of benefit for fans and of benefit for rights holders? But how are rights holders going to maintain the positive momentum regarding fan engagement that you've just been talking about? So, yeah, they're going to have to take advantage of this increased fan engagement and, and try and turn these free-to-air viewers into paying subscribers. And one thing we've looked at in our consumer service is 
at the number of fans who are willing to pay to watch the Premier League. And 36% of them at the moment don't have access to BT or Sky channels that would be showing these games. And one of the main reasons for this is because the prices are too high. So I think when Sky and BT will see this increased engagement with their services when games are free to air, they may have to assess their pricing of packages and think about maybe looking at some more attractive deals uh, for new customers, especially Premier League fans. And this will be especially important in the long term, so when this season ends and uh, when a new one begins. Thanks, Daniel. That's really interesting. So we've got a, a mixed message, I guess, there. Some some negatives for season renewals, we've been hearing from Olivia, but a lot of positives in the resumption of sport, particularly Premier League soccer, and the appearance of that sport on free-to-air television. I think one of the things we've been picking up in just the last couple of weeks is that the industry and indeed the world is starting to emerge from the crisis. Of course, there's still a long way to go, but we are now talking about a future that involves a resumption of sport, a resumption of TV production, the opening of cinemas, and even the resumption of physical face-to-face industry events, which I'm sure we're all looking forward to. This has been the 10th edition of the AMP podcast, and we're going to be taking a short break. Consider this the end of season one. I hope you'll join us when we resume again with season two of the AMP podcast. Thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.